acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that weaves the threads of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're taking our hats off to Mary Keese, an important figure in women's history and in the development of U.S. manufacturing. The day was May 5, 1809. Mary Keese became the first woman in the United States to receive a patent in her own name. Although the specifics of her invention are now lost to time, We know her patent was for a new means of weaving straw with silk and other fabrics used in hat making. Straw hats and bonnets were in high demand at the turn of the 19th century, as many women of the era spent long hours in their fields and gardens and wanted an inexpensive yet fashionable way to shield themselves from the sun. The only problem was that a European embargo had halted the import of woven hats from Britain and France. That meant the women of New England would have to make their own, a prospect that seemed much less daunting thanks to Keese's patented invention. It was quickly adopted by the region's hatmakers, and in the years ahead, it fueled the growth of a new women-led industry. Beyond her patent, little is known about the life of Mary Keese. She was born in South Killingly, Connecticut in 1752, was later married and widowed twice over, and gave birth to two sons in between, Isaac and Daniel. One of the few other things we can say for certain about Mary Keese is that she had good timing. By 1807, the United States was finding it harder and harder to maintain diplomatic neutrality during the Napoleonic Wars between France and Britain. The warring nations had both imposed trade restrictions in an effort to weaken each other's economies, but those measures wound up disrupting American trade as well. Then, Britain added insult to injury by frequently harassing American ships, seizing their cargo, and even impressing their crews into British service. 
Fed up at last, President Thomas Jefferson fought back by signing the Embargo of 1807, which prohibited the import of all foreign goods. The trade freeze was meant to hurt the bottom line of Britain and France and compel them to treat the U.S. more favorably. But in practice, the embargo did far more damage to the American economy. No one wanted to buy goods from a country that had banned all imports, and as a result, U.S. exports plunged from an estimated $108 million in 1807 to just $22 million the following year. The one silver lining to the ban was that it greatly increased demand for domestic goods, including locally produced ones, like straw hats. In New England, straw hat making had first caught on about 20 years before Mary Keese obtained her patent. It all started in 1789, when a 12-year-old girl named Betsy Metcalf spotted a fancy straw hat in a store window in Providence, Rhode Island. She knew her family couldn't afford such a fine hat, so she went home and after some trial and error, she came up with a novel technique to make her own. Metcalf shared her idea with the women in her rural community, and pretty soon, a literal cottage industry sprang up. Women throughout New England began braiding straw and constructing hats in their homes, and then sold their wares at craft fairs and local shops. The Patent Act of 1790 allowed any U.S. citizen, regardless of gender, to claim the sole and exclusive right to make and market an invention. That shakeup meant that Betsy Metcalf was free to patent her innovative straw braiding process and turn it into a business. Except, she never did. When later asked why, Metcalf said she didn't want her name to be sent to Congress. I guess she didn't trust what they might do with it. But that said, it's worth remembering that in many states at the time, women couldn't legally own property nor enter into contracts independently of their husbands or another male family member. So even if the government did grant a patent to a woman, in most parts of the country, the rights to the invention still wouldn't have technically belonged to her. And because of that, many women inventors likely didn't see the point in seeking a patent. But Mary Keese proved the exception. When she came up with her own improvement to hat making, she applied for and was granted the first patent ever awarded to a woman. It was issued on May 5, 1809, and was signed by President James Madison, who had become president earlier that year. Unfortunately, no one's sure what exactly Keese invented, as her patent was destroyed along with about 10,000 others when the U.S. Patent Office caught fire in 1836. We know her patent described the invention as a, quote, new and useful improvement in weaving straw with silk or thread. But without further details or an accompanying illustration, that could be interpreted as just about anything. For example, some historians think Keese invented a machine that automated the manual labor of weaving straw with silk, while others believe she invented a new weaving method which somehow improved on existing manual techniques. Whatever the case may be, there's no question about the patent's importance, not only to women's standing in society, but to the young country's financial standing as well. New England's economy in particular had been crippled by Jefferson's embargo on European goods. And while the region's domestic straw hat industry was still growing, it wasn't doing enough volume to offset the losses of other industries. However, once Keese's invention went public, straw hat making became a serious moneymaker. In fact, 
The straw bonnets manufactured in Massachusetts alone in 1810 carried a value of more than $500,000, the equivalent of over $12 million in today's money. It was such a welcome jolt to New England's economy that First Lady Dolly Madison, a straw hat fan herself, actually wrote a letter to Keese, congratulating her on her invention and thanking her for her contribution to American industry. The straw fabrics and styles made possible by Mary Keese were widely used for more than a decade. As a result, New England's hat industry became one of the few industries that continued to thrive during the War of 1812. But as you probably know, fashion trends have a way of changing as time goes by, and women's hats are no exception. By the time of Keese's death in 1837, a year after her patent went up in smoke, tastes had already changed, and straw hats and sunbonnets were no longer in demand. It was a sad end for Mary Keese, who died unknown and penniless at the age of 85. But even though her invention fell out of fashion, she had started a movement that would continue to grow long after her death. By 1840, approximately 19 women had followed her lead by securing their own U.S. patents. Most of those early inventions were related to domestic housework, such as cooking utensils and tools for mending clothing, but the number of applicants and the variety of their submissions continued to steadily grow from there. Today, hundreds of thousands of women apply for patents every year for all sorts of things, and while Mary Keese's patent accounted for just 0.5% of the patents issued in 1809, solo women inventors now account for about 13% of the total number of U.S. patents issued each year. Mary Keese didn't set out to revolutionize an industry, save an economy, or advance women's role in society. But by taking the initiative to follow through on a good idea, she wound up doing just that. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.